What's up, Jets fans, and welcome back to yet another edition of the Jet Stream, the official New York Jets podcast of Gotham Sports Network. My name's Jesse Finver, and with me, as always, Connor Sheeran. Connor, season's over, buddy. Another season in the books. Another season in the books. So, I uh, I think that we could take time in this episode to go through the season, give our you know our overview of what we, how we thought the season went. Did it meet expectations? Did it fall short of expectations? Did it exceed expectations? Uh, we can go by position group and and talk about that, and then uh, then we talk about the off season. Mm-hmm. So. I think that we need to start with the most important position and that's quarterback. Correct. Um, how do we feel about Zach Wilson after one season? Honestly, I hate that I'm going to say this, especially given how the game against the bills went. So I'm glad people aren't taking like two I mean, some people are. It's just Twitter. Some people aren't taking it, like, as seriously as they, they might have. But I feel pretty good. You know, I don't feel – I'm not sold completely yet. It was one season. But I saw enough towards the end, the biggest thing being the no turnover thing. Um, yeah. He hasn't thrown an inter- he hadn't thrown an interception in, what was it, did the Bills game make five games, I think? Four or five Three, games. Four, five, five. Yeah, he threw one against the Eagles, right? Right. I think that was the last one. Yeah. So it was yeah. five games. And then he had his last turnover was the week after that, I think, against Miami when he fumbled it. So his ball security, his decision-making, um, his ball placement especially, I think, was the biggest thing that I noticed going down the stretch on how much better that got, especially the short-term stuff, which uh, – you know, we had been concerned about for weeks now. I mean, we have a while. We have a whole episode with Claudio just called "We Have Like the Jets Have a Zach Wilson Problem." <laughs> we basically spent like yeah a half an hour, forty five minutes, just in pure panic mode over the short like you know, the the short yardage throws, the ball placement and accuracy issues, and from that point forward, they got better. You know, he. He didn't light up the stat sheet. For anyone that's not a Jet fan that wasn't watching the games, as far as they're concerned, if they look at the numbers, they're going to think he had a a horrific rookie campaign. I mean, but we know, we. I mean, not to brag, but any Jet fan knows better, you know? We saw what he could do. We saw the throws. We watched every game. We watched the games. And compared to last year, when I think, you know, most of us, at least for me, we were turning off games like halfway through, maybe. The, maybe yeah, because there was last like, year there was nothing to there was nothing to watch for last year. This year we had reason to watch all seventeen games, um, or most of the seventeen games. Uh, there was a stretch, was you know, honestly. In the middle, like so even like, then, like when Zach went out, like then Mike White happened, and that was a lot of fun. Like right. I, I have to say, like this wasn't. This was a bad season in terms of like record and and whatnot, but there were a ton of different positives you could take away that show you that this franchise is going in the right direction. Uh, whether it's you look at the the the, the wins that they have, um, which are against you know uh, you, you have two wins that are against bad teams and and Houston and Jacksonville, right? I believe Houston's mm-hmm. ahead of them, right? 
Yeah, they're both playing. They're both picking ahead of the Jets. Jets are fourth. Jacksonville, Detroit, and Houston. Yeah. So, and then you have those wins against the Bengals and the Titans. Um, I think when this team is fully healthy, they're much better than their record shows. Um, Like, if you took a fully healthy Jets roster, if, if you took this Jets roster as it's currently constructed, Right. And mm-hmm. just rolled and rolled it over to next year. I think that like they win two to three more games than, than they right. did this year. I mean, because to be they honest, have, they, they, even with the team that they had, they, they, they should have won that Tampa game. They should have. Yeah, and, and they you could know, have came won. Into that, came in on that last play and they could have won the Atlanta game. You know, and they the just, Carolina they, game. And the Carolina and, game. There was and a the couple. Dolphins too. Right. They and uh, both, both games Dolphins, Dolphins games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, there's a couple games they just let slip away and we said it before the season started that those are the games we're okay with them losing and yeah. in the moment we were probably pretty pissed especially the tampa game because like you were that close to beating the super bowl champions you're that close to beating tom brady like the idea of what that would have done for the locker room for zach wilson who had his best game of the se- best game of his rookie season against tampa bay it would have been you know just incredible but yeah you know, the, yeah, it's like we said before the season started. These are the those are the type of losses we were okay with taking. It was both losses against New England that uh, the loss against Denver that we weren't okay with. The loss against Indianapolis, those are the ones that we thought we were we were hopefully past. We weren't, but those are the ones that we just didn't want to see. Yeah, no, no, I I, I totally agree. But you know, like you said. We're okay with those kinds of losses, right? We're okay with the close competitive ones. Obviously, there was a lot. There was a, a lot of games this year that weren't close and competitive, though. Right. Um, so, and when it comes to I me, mean, when it comes to Zach Wilson, you know the Jets. Let's let's be honest. They, their their offense definitely struggled this season, uh, especially with him under center. Were they the worst team in the NFL offensively? No, but. They probably would have been if Zach played all 16, they 17 were damn games. Close. <laughs> they were damn yeah, close. they they were fifth to last in points for. They're dead last in points again, or uh, in points against. Um, sorry, yeah, points against. We'll get to that defense later. <laughs> um, but I think that it's it's a it's the way we what we started with. You know, the lack of turnovers mm-hmm. is something that we're going to hold on to this off season like we did with Sam Darnold um, and those wins he had at the end of his rookie campaign. Right. Right. I think this is a little bit different because this isn't like we held on the wins. Right. And Sam did a lot to win those games. Uh, you know, Zach didn't do a lot to win games this year, but down the la- in the last five games, the biggest thing that we saw was that he didn't lose the games for them. And that was something that he was doing earlier in the season. It showed progression. And he did a lot of all of this without his top players. Right. I don't, I don't think he had Elijah Moore the last four weeks of the season, maybe five, maybe all five games. When he got Elijah Moore got hurt in the Philly game. Okay. So he didn't, he was without him for four, yeah, four or five weeks. He was without him for New Orleans, Miami, Tampa, Jacksonville, Buffalo. Yeah, it's like five games. So, so that, that five-game stretch where he didn't throw an interception, he was without his best wide receiver. And 
he also didn't have his second best wide receiver in any of those games either. I don't think they had Corey Davis in the exact same. Amount I of forgot. Games. Yeah, I forgot when he got. Um, I I really think that this is something that we can legitimately legitimately look at, and you know, we're not going to get too excited. I wouldn't even say I wouldn't even use the word excitement. Yeah, I would use encouragement. I mean, right. we are encouraged by what we saw and the possibilities that this team now has, right? Mm-hmm. I think that you, you made a good point with his ball placement has definitely improved and things just looked a lot easier for him. Yeah. Um, as the season went along, I, I mean, there was a stretch of the season where he could not throw a ball in the flat. He couldn't throw a screen pass. It was, right. he was physically incapable of doing so. And I don't remember if it was in the Bills game or the Bucks game, but he had a screen pass that he kind of it was it was a blitz coming off the end, off the uh, off the edge, mm-hmm. and he just lofts the ball up to I think it might have been uh, it was one of the running backs. It doesn't matter. Oh, uh, it, it was Ty, Ty, Johnson. Ty Johnson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ty yeah, went he, for like he a twenty-five. Yeah. yeah, he went for like a twenty-five yard gain. Right. That is like the most basic football play you could possibly make as a quarterback. Just you know, a nice little lob, like, you know, throwing it a little bit ahead of him so he can run in space and catch it on the go. But he was incapable of of completing that play. It was it was bizarre because he, he was throwing the ball downfield and he had solid accuracy in the in mid-range and whatnot. But for his short throws, he just couldn't figure it out. That was another thing that I think that was really big for him. And the final thing I think that was really big for him, I mean, this was just a weird season in general. Um, he lost his quarterbacks coach before the season even started. And then they brought in Beck, John Beck, um, midway through the season, which really, I think, I think we can, it's safe to say that that really did help because everything yeah. just got better yep. from, from that point on. But it also says a lot about the organization, Joe Douglas and Sala saying like they had an issue. They had a legitimate issue where, Zach wanted LaFleur on the sideline with him because he didn't have the quarterback's coach because the quarterback's coach, you know, tragically passed away before the season started. Right. And so that caused like a little bit of like weirdness with LaFleur and his play calling duties. And it was just all over the place. It was a mess to begin the season. Then they had the Mike White stuff. Mike White starts. LaFleur goes to the booth and it's like magic. It literally not like that. It was magic. It was amazing, right? And we, we I mean, it was the, we had every right. We beat the NFC North champ, the AFC North champs. I mean, like we beat the Bengals, right? Right. So, I think that it shows the organization is capable of making really smart decisions, and that was a really smart decision bringing that quarterbacks coach in for Zach, because once that happened, Lafleur when he was back, Wilson was back. Lafleur was able to stay in the booth. Play calling remained fantastic the last three fourths of the season. Right, except for I, I, I didn't love it against Buffalo, but I'm attributing that to Buffalo's defense, and then I mean just lack of player, lack of personnel. I mean, <laughs> Wilson's last completed pass to was to what's his name? Jeff Tar- Smith, Tariq, maybe Tariq Black. I think oh, Tariq Black. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, 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 it's Wilson got sacked what eight or nine times. Yeah, I mean, he, and, he was without all of his tackles and but like it was with, and a lot. Some of that was, I think, Wilson's fault. He was holding onto the ball a little long at points. There was the one play 
that I know it, it was the He ran out of bounds. Yeah, that he was He ran bad. backwards, like, what, like 15, 20 yards? And, like, he almost took him out of field goal range. Luckily, we have uh, Pinero now. Yeah. And was... He was able to nail that, but he made that he made that distinctly more difficult for him. The, I mean, but, yes. Like, that was, sure. like, that was, that, that took me by surprise because it's been something that he's been, that Wilson's been so much better at these past few weeks. It took me by surprise. I think it was probably just because he was just under fire the entire game. So he yeah, was probably, he, like, he, he had, was panicking. He, he was didn't in, have a second to breathe. It was, yeah. it was crazy. No one was getting so... open. Like, it, it, it was impossible at points for him to do, to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. But then, you like, know? you see the throws that he makes to Keelan Cole in that tight window. Oh, man. Um, and, you know, Keelan's gone. Um, Keelan's a wide receiver four or five at best, and he was wide receiver one on Sunday. Yeah, so, well, so, Crowder was. I mean, but then oh Cole. yeah, Crowder. I, I but, forgot but about. Cole, but Crowder got knocked down in what, like the first quarter, second quarter. Yeah, maybe? that. Yeah, it was. It was so, early. So Cole so, like, was. Cole was the <laughs> the fact of wide receiver one. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that there was a lot to be encouraged by with Wilson and his development this year. Uh, obviously, it started really slow. And things got better. He got hurt. I think that helped him, you know, be able to like things sl- have things slow down. And learning from Joe Flacco, I think, really helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, it sounds like they want to bring him back. I was about to ask you that. Um, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure during the presser they mentioned that they want to bring Flacco back or yeah. a veteran, like have a veteran quarterback. Have a veteran in there, not just Mike White. <laughs> yeah, and Flacco's <laughs> who, a, who, who I guess remains to be seen if they bring back. Yeah, you know what? Like, if I'm Joe Flacco, I'm not like. Listen, I'd probably love to like still be able to play and win Super Bowls if I'm Joe Flacco, but also like, you know what? I get to live in a like a great city in New York. I get paid uh, backup quarterback salary, so I'm still yeah. making money. And you know what? I'm the third string quarterback, but I'm there to help the young guys, Mike White and and Zach Wilson, mainly Zach Wilson. You yeah. Know? But I think Mike White is it's he's it's great to have him on the roster because you know that. If if anything ever happens to Zach, he's at least capable of running that offense right. and can do so at a relatively competent level. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think overall, I think if I'm going to give Zach Wilson a grade this season, I'm going to give him a C plus. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say solid C. Yeah. Remarkably C, I, I was, average. I was, I was close to going just regular C. But C plus, I think sounds right, mainly because of how he finished the season. Right. Um, I mean, like he, you know, he only threw nine, nine touchdowns and had he had eleven interceptions, and he didn't he missed four games, so he played a total of thirteen games, I believe. Right. Um, so you want to see a lot more in, in that regard. But he also had four rushing touchdowns. About to say yeah, so thirteen total touchdowns to eleven interceptions. And those eleven interceptions, those were that was at eleven real early in the season. And, and four came in one game. Yeah, and that those numbers. And remember, in college, like this isn't a guy like like when so, Jets fans need to remember this. Like when Sam, so probably the first time most people watched Sam Darnold play was in the Rose Bowl against Penn State. Um, he was amazing that season. But, you know, we're all if you're a Jets fan, you're on the East Coast, most likely, and you're probably not staying up late on Saturday night. Uh, if, if you are staying up late, you're out and you're probably not staying up to watch Pac-12 football. Or if you're, and if you're out at a bar 
you're only kind of casually uh, yeah you're not attention you're not... to what's on screen at midnight <laughs> right right you're not you're not watching sam go down the field and lead drives but on the New bars of Day, Hoboken, you know you're not at midnight <laughs> glaring <laughs> intently at usc playing this oregon guy. <laughs> this guy. right yeah so like if you're if you're a jets fan probably the first time you ever saw sam darnold play was the rose bowl um against Penn State. And that was honestly the first time I'd ever really gotten to watch him play. Mm-hmm. And he was unbelievable. And so, like, you see him in that game and you're like, oh, my God. And you look at his stats, like, the whole season, like, you, he just, you know, he was good, but he had turnovers and whatnot. And then the next season, he was coming in as the Heisman favorite and the the presumed number one pick, like, the Browns were going to take this guy over Baker. Like, it wasn't even the debate, you know? All right. Um, and Sam struggled. Because he lost his main guy in Juju Smith-Schuster, and there, I mean USC has just been a shit show. Um, he struggled with turnovers. He's always struggled with turnovers. Gets Still to the Jets, struggle with turnovers. Gets to the, uh, the 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 Panthers, struggles with turnovers. His exit interview. That he had with the media the other day said, "I know I could still be a really good quarterback in this league if I cut down on my turnovers." No shit. You're in year four, buddy. What's that? What's the saying about if my aunt had a, or if my uncle had a whatever? What's it? What is the saying? If it was it, is it if my aunt had a penis, she'd be my uncle? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know what you're going for. I know what you're yeah. going for. <laughs> right. So my point is. I'm bringing up Sam because this was a guy that we were all really excited about. Everybody on the, everybody as a Jets fan thought this was, he, he was the savior. We thought he was the savior. Everybody in the media was like, this is the guy who's going to turn the Jets around uh, after that rookie season where they went seven and nine. And you're like, all right, we have our quarterback. This is awesome. But he just couldn't stop turning the, the ball over. With Zach Wilson, he didn't turn the ball over in college. Like he just didn't. It just wasn't a thing. Um, he struck. He he. I wouldn't say struggled. I want to look up the numbers to be to be 100 percent sure. But I'm pretty sure it was 33 inter- three, 33 touchdowns and three interceptions his senior year. Let's see. Zach Wilson college stats. Bad radio here. Bad radio. I think. Okay. Put it this way. If we're going to go down the road of comparing rookie seasons, Sam had a better rookie season than Wilson did from yeah. that point. From uh, I'm looking at it right now. Sam had um, – he threw for almost 3,000 yards, 17 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, on paper, and he did that in 13 games. So right. if, if Sam played an extra three games, uh, if he played the extra uh, three games that season – he probably, like 20, he probably cracks touchdown. 20 and probably throws for like another two or three picks, maybe. 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 Generous. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Could be as high as five for both correct. touchdowns and interceptions. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, and then, you, I mean, when it comes to Sam, you're looking at, like, everyone kind of points to that Green Bay game towards the end of the season where, you know, he he lit it up. And right. I would say comparatively, if I were to say the same thing for Zach, that the Tampa Bay game is his quote unquote Green Bay game. Didn't light up the stat sheet like Sam did, but I think it, it he just looked so calm and in control and without having the usual assets yeah. in that Tampa Bay game, he still made it happen. Like 
he lost Michael Carter in the first quarter. He didn't have Corey Davis or Elijah Moore. He like has this now. This, or Crowder. Or Crowder. Or Crowder. Crowder. He now has this like you know this really strong relationship now with Braxton Berrios, who obviously <laughs> that offense was really missing against Buffalo. I mean, uh-huh. it it was really apparent how much they use him in that game plan, like how much he just yeah. has, adds that kind of versatility. Um, but yeah, when Braxton Berrios is his number one receiver against Tampa Bay, and he still made something happen the way he did, like that goes to show, like like I was saying, even though the stats don't really reflect it, it goes to show just he's a, he's more most definitely headed in the right direction here. I I just have like the weirdest feeling that when he has his comp full complement of weapons and an upgraded roster next season. Listen, I've been I am on the record in multiple group chats at this point saying that I don't think the Jets are making the playoffs next year. Okay, and I have to stick by that. No matter who the Jets add, no matter who the Jets add this offseason or what what they do in the draft, it does not matter as of right now based on what we just watched. Those 17 games, the Jets are not making the playoffs next year. Zach Wilson's just not good enough right now. But I think it's not that far-fetched to say that they could make the playoffs if a couple of things happen. If this is what Zach Wilson's going to be, if this is his floor these last five games, well, no, his floor is what we just saw, like like the beginning of the season. That's his floor. Right, that's his floor. Right. Um Although I don't know if that's his floor anymore. Like, you know, at a certain point, like players just still get better. Right. So like hope theoretically, let's just say for the sake of this exercise, that what these, we saw these last five games is Zach's floor, right. For next season. Right. Where at, at worst, because we, hopefully this is what he is. So at worst, say all of his, his weapons get injured again and his offensive lines a mess. What we've seen is that he's not going to turn the ball over and he's not going to be the reason that you lose. He's not going to be the reason that you win, but he's not going to be the reason that you lose. But next season, he's going to start with a healthy team, hopefully. The Jets didn't start (laughs) this season healthy either. But you're going to have, on the offensive side of the ball, you're going to have Elijah Moore back and Corey Davis back. You're going to add a wide receiver, receiver or two in free agency and the draft. Um, probably going to be just one, and you re-sign Braxton Berrios, and you go with those four guys, right? And we, right. I really wish we got some Williams, but he's cooked now. Well, I mean, it, ACL tears aren't what they used to be, and he might drop a little bit. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll but, see. Uh, I mean, but, yeah, what you're saying, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Braxton And then Berrios, you have – you have, him, you have you have Becton back. You have Font back. You have AVT coming back. You maybe add um, an, a, a Neal in the draft, um, or you add the kid out of uh, Mississippi State in the draft, and you move uh, you move somewhere, somebody somewhere. I don't know. I mean, um, yeah. But you have these pieces, and then you, you sign our boy Dalton Schultz, who – my friend is a Cowboys fan. Can't believe that I want him this badly, but I want Dalton Schultz. He's like, why do you want Dalton Schultz out of everybody? Like, Dalton Schultz? Really? Like, like Darwin came back from the injury report, and he's like, dude, that's our number one tight end. He's not even – Dalton's not even of our – I'm like, all right, I've done the research. Out of all the tight ends that are available, whether it be the draft or in free agency, Dalton is having the most productive year. So 
I want Dalton Schultz. Um, and we pair him up with Ryan Griffin, who we have for another 10 years. Uh, <laughs> listen, listen. We have spent a whole lot of time in this pod slandering all the Jets tight ends this season. Ryan Griffin, Daniel Brown, Tyler Croft. Who was the last Jets tight end that was good? Dustin Keller? Maybe. Fucking, um, Has there ever been a Jets tight end that was good? Oh, my God. What's his name? His last name started with an F. Why can't I think of it? It's years back now. But it's been a while. It's been a while. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't tell you. It starts with Ryan, an F. Gr- Ryan Griffin. He is what he is. He's not a tight end one. He's like a tight end four. <laughs> like, he's Listen, not, he can he, go out there and he's, he's can, not even a guy. He's, he's just got I mean he's got some moves. I, I, I don't hate Ryan Griffin. I mean, Ryan hold Griffin. Hold on. Hold on. Do, we we need to we need to pause for a second. Do you hear yourself right now? Yes, yes, I do. I sound like someone with Stockholm syndrome. Yes, <laughs> like I got a gun to my head. Zach, yeah, like Ryan Griffin's Zach agent. Zach throw his tight ends are fine. He's got Ryan Griffin and Tyler Croft. They're they, they're good enough. Meanwhile, I'm watching Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey tear up the league every single week, and and George Kittle, like, it's like they're not even playing the same sport. Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. <laughs> Like that's a tight end. Those are tight ends. Uh, Dalton Schultz is a tight end. <laughs> Listen, I'll say that none of the. I'll give you this. None of the Jets' tight ends can block. They right. all fucking stink at that. So. Uh, and that's necessary. Yeah. In, in the system. Yes. More. Than, I spe- yeah, especially the system. It is most definitely needed. Right. So I think that. When you add up all of the pieces, all the additions that they're potentially going to make, or that they're going to make, they have, I saw a chart today. It was like teams that are like, like upper right quadrant. If you're in the yeah. upper right quadrant, you have like the most cap space and draft capital. And it was like the Jets and the Jags, like in the right. top, in the top right. Like they have, a, Jets have like 60 million plus in cap space and they have like amazing, ama- an amazing amount of premium draft picks at their disposal. This is it. This is the off season that if, if you're building a team and you want to contend, uh, this is the pivotal offseason where everything can change. Right. If you're the New York Jets. Will it change? That's that's very much up in the air. I, I like I said five minutes ago, I don't think this team's making the playoffs next year. Now, if Zach Wilson takes a step, yeah, they can definitely make the playoffs. Like if he starts throwing like two two touchdowns a game two to three touchdowns a game and has like 3,500 passing yards at a minimum or something like that. Like, like I'm throwing out numbers that like that doesn't happen in in the history of this franchise. It just doesn't like Ryan Fitzpatrick came in and threw for like, was like, like 28 touchdowns or like 30, something like like 31 touchdowns or something like that. And that, and like, that was a franchise record and and they had like 3,500, they had like 3,800 passing yards. The Jets have never had a 4,000-yard passer outside of Joe Namath. By the way, and also, how, crazy, think, how, how crazy were, the, were those? Uh, rest, by the way, just rest in peace, Don Maynard, one of the yes. all-time greats. But how crazy were those stats that uh, Connor Hughes posted the other day? Don Maynard was putting up 1,400 yards and, like, 11 TDs in 1967. I know. That's incredible. That is, like, incredible. It's like, incredible. And I, and I saw it today. Like, today's the anniversary of the Jets winning the Super Bowl. 
And they posted a quote from Don Maynard that he said that he didn't have a catch in the Super Bowl because they were double and double, they were double teaming him like the whole game. And he, he still called it his best game of his career. And I was like, man, that is a guy who is just like the team, the team, the team. Yep. I want them. I want my team to win. That was Don Maynard. And the fact that he's, I still can't get over the fact that he's putting up those numbers back in 1967 when it was His, very much not a throwing league. He had like, he had career. He had 627 receptions for 1107 11,732 yards and 88 touchdowns. Nice. And that is insane for somebody who played in the 60s. Yeah. So yeah. rest in peace to Don Maynard. Um the best wide receiver in Jets history, for sure. I mean, um, it's either him or Brandon Marshall in 2015. <laughs> he so. played for the Jets for like. Uh, I mean, Brandon Marshall. Coffee. It was Don Maynard, like the top, like the three, and out of like the top five statistics for Jets receivers in the history of the franchise, it was like Don Maynard in three spots, and then Brandon Marshall were at the top. <laughs> so, all right, so we're ready for this. So, yeah. Joe Namath. Threw for 4,000 yards one time. 4,007 yards in 1967. Just cracked it. All right. He had 26 touchdowns and 28 interceptions. <laughs> and his completion percentage was 52 and a half. <laughs> that is the best 20, season in Jets history. <laughs> 28 interceptions. I think. I, oh, my God. That is what crazy. Is, what is the best season in Jets history like? What is... Like Mark Sanchez had a season where he had 26 touchdown passes and 18 interceptions. Um, like if we're actually like like Vinny Testaverde probably 20 uh, he had 29 touchdowns and seven interceptions with a 61 percent completion percentage and I, he made the Pro Bowl that year in '98. Vinny. Um, Kenny O'Brien. No. Um. It might be, it might be Ken O'Brien, who had a sixty point nine completion percentage for three thousand eight hundred and eighty eight passing yards, twenty five touchdowns, and eight interceptions in nineteen eighty five. That's a that's a real shitty thing. Like Ken O'Brien really got the shaft because he was taking over Dan Marino. He was a good quarterback. Like yeah, he was a he was a solid quarterback. Solid quarterback. He was good. Like yeah. you know. He just got like when you just take it over Marino. Not much you can do about that if you're him. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. when, it, when it comes to looking at history. So, yeah, I mean, that Vinny, that Vinny season is probably the best in franchise history. He went 12 and one. Um, and he only played, at least started 13 games. So, I mean, that's probably the best season yeah. in franchise history. The most touchdowns in the season is Fitzpatrick, I believe. Um, I believe, yeah, I believe Fitzpatrick with 31, if this will ever, there we go, 31. That is, Ryan Fitzpatrick holds the record, the Jet, the New York Jets record for most passing touchdowns in a single season with 31 fucking touchdowns. Jesus. That season, he had 15 interceptions that season. That's pathetic. He didn't even, he didn't even have a completion percentage uh, over 60. It was 59.6. So, I guess circling all the way back, if Zach Wilson can come out next year and not turn the ball over and do what he did those last five games of the season, which is play competitive, 
mistake-free football. If the Jets, like I said, all things relatively the same on offense. You add a couple of pieces. You're keeping Elijah Moore, Corey Davis. You have AVT, Becton, Fant. You add an offensive lineman. You add a wide receiver, or you keep Barrios and you add another wide receiver. And then they revamp the defense, which mm-hmm. means a whole lot of revamping. Whole overall. Like, like realistically, it's not going to be on the offense whether or not next year is successful. It's going to be on right. the defense. Right. Because because we know we I think there are a lot more uh we, we we know a lot more about the offense right now than we do about the defense. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, definitely. I mean there's right. just, there's a just a shit ton of unknowns with the defense. And it, it showed, I mean, it's just a glaring just an astounding lack of talent that is present on the defense. You know, it's just showed it showed every single week and in many ways, uh, Ulbricht really didn't even get a fair shot at being the defensive coordinator because yeah. he's trying to really do what he can. And when you're, you know, by the way, there's just like, something that happened today where there's a lot of Brandon Eccles discourse today on Jets Twitter saying, yeah, that why like, is that? He was, why did that get like some rant or some one Jets account just said, like, let's stop pretending like he was a good pick. He was I mean, a sixth rounder and he was starting. It was just, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, like maybe he's not a, a, a like a cornerback one, but he was fine. Like he was fine for you know what he what they had him doing. I mean, he had that pick six. He has like he had two or three interceptions this season. I mean, picked off Tom Brady. <laughs> like, yeah, he had a pick six. I don't, like I don't get that at all. I think that that's just I, somebody I that online just, like, who's a, yeah. It was they're just trying like, to get clicks or something. I don't yeah, know. It was such a weird thing, but. Yeah, I mean, it was just like there's so many young guys, a lot of guys that aren't going to be playing, you know, at the very least starting next year. Like Elijah Riley, he might get replaced by Kyle Hamilton if the Jets decide to take him. Um, then, you're, I mean, you're not going to have Marcus May. Uh, They're not going to have Marcus May. So I, I think I think what we should – are we, are, we, are we transitioning to defense now? Yeah, yeah. All right. So – what do you think the biggest hole this team has on defense? Because I think that there's a lot of different directions you can go with this question. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it's either edge or linebacker. Edge. Interesting. Edge, when it, it, when it comes to edge, it's a lot of it is dependent on Lawson. Carl Lawson and yeah. how he looks come training camp. Um, Achilles tear is not an easy thing to come back from, especially in a position like edge where he needs to kind of explode off the line. So I would say I'm leaning towards linebacker. You know, I know we have CJ Mosley who is like, and you know, we have to, we have to kind of walk back some CJ Mosley slander on this pod a little bit too. So yeah, he's been great. He's he's been great. great. He's been great. He, he, you know, you miss, he needs needs help. He needs help. That's what he needs. He he led the team in tackles. He was like fourth or fifth in the league in tackles actually. Um, he's, he's, he's good. And then you got Quincy Williams too. And I would love um, to pair those two up with N'Kobe Dean. Yeah. Out of Georgia. I don't know if you saw the video that went viral of him, like oh yelling at his teammates, like on yeah. the field, basically like, yo, like you need to be there, man. Like, like, yeah. they, like they got a, it was a, a past breakup in the end zone. And like, he was in on the play and then he like comes and like, just like grabs his other teammate who was not in on the play and should have been there to help. And was like, 
like just barking at him like dude yeah. you, you got to be there and I, I love seeing that out of a guy like that right i think biggest, the biggest thing and why i think that is because of how much how much the jets seem to fall vulnerable to these short passes and these like little like slant routes that gives a, a team it's like they're a lot the opposing team seems to line up in like third and four and you see a guy in the slot i can kind of tell just from watching it that this team is going to run a slant and get the first down you know it's yeah. just like short little things like that where the linebacker kind of has to be there to just help cover if they're playing man just help cover that and block that slant from being ha- like from being able to happen or the screen pass problem like these linebackers have to be kind of quick to react and to make these tackles rather than let them go for 10 12 yards it's just like it's this issue that seems to kind of keep popping up throughout the season and i think a good quick kind of a linebacker like that that can help you know what we were promised darren lee was supposed to be that never happened could it like is a a linebacker that just sorely need we we, we could use micah parsons that's for sure (laughs) if only only. Uh, so i agree with your i agree with you I mm-hmm. think that linebacker and edge are definitely important things, and they're most definitely going to be addressed in the draft. I think that, like uh, George Kaloftis or whatever his name is from Purdue, from Purdue, yeah, um, in at pick ten would be fantastic for the Jets. Um, I th- I think the biggest need on the roster right now is safety, straight up just the jets don't have a safety like mm-hmm. at either position right now like yep. not at anybody you could put you could possibly like ashton davis is no. so average just like meh just, yeah like not just he's just not it he's and, not the jamal adams replacement we, we wanted <laughs> right and i think i think my my number one like I, the the guy I want is Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, because we're not going to get the the top two edge guys. Nope. And Stingley's probably going to go three. I'm not even sold on Stingley because he wasn't even that good this year when he was healthy. I was about to say. When he was playing and he hasn't been healthy. Kyle Hamilton is not Jamal Adams. I think that Jets fans need to understand that, and I think that. The Jets are going to get a lot of shit if they take a safety after trading one away. However, you got to remember, we traded the safety away for two first-round picks. One of those became one of the best young guards in football in Elijah Vera Tucker, right? And the other thing is that they, they are completely different types of players. Jamal Adams and Kyle Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Where the thing that you're talking about with the lack of being able to cover a running back out of the backfield or cover a tight end. Um, that's real. Like if you, like if you want, even if you watched the game last week, like Dawson Knox was just going crazy. Right. Like that, like, was, just, that was driving me nuts. <laughs> like Bronk, Bronk has killed the jets for years. Like if you go through the jets schedule, right. And you go through like the games that they played tight ends, just routinely like Dallas Goddard, absolutely smoked them. You know, yep. like any team that had a good tight end pits. What did pits do against us? I'm almost positive. Yeah. He, 
when he, he had like his first good game against the Jets. Yeah, he had nine catches for 119 yards and touchdown. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> like anytime the Jets played a good tight end, they got smoked by they that tight end. They, and, they didn't even, and they didn't even need to be that good of a tight end. Look at that, yeah, Dallas Goddard. Dallas I mean, Goddard's like, he's, he's good. He's not great. They, he torched <laughs> you know? them. He torched the Jets. Like, Gronk went crazy against the Jets the other day. He did. Yeah. So, the Jets need a guy like Kyle Hamilton who can come in and do everything at the safety position. Not just blitz and be a run stuffer, but play in coverage also. I mean, I know it was the, it was the first week of the season, but when Notre Dame... I forget who they played in week one. It was a big it was a big opponent. I forget who it was. But Kyle Hamilton made a play where he went sideline to sideline and broke up a pass. And it was one of the best plays I've ever seen a defensive back make in my life and yeah. on any level. And I'm like, that's and from that moment. I was like, that's the guy I want. <laughs> I want him. I want him. I want him in green the rest of his life. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think it's definitely a controversial it's going to be super controversial if the Jets take a safety with yep. the Seattle pick um, or with their own pick. I mean, either of those picks. It would be, I mean, if they want Kyle Hamilton, it would be with their own pick. I feel right. like he's It'd not be... going to drop to like 10. Right. Know. Although uh, Charles, oh shit, what's his name? Four Verts. You remember him? Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. yeah he you know, did... they, they, the great, he, how could any Jet fan forget Charles? He'd be, He's the reason Manish isn't here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, th- yeah. Shout out Charles. Thank you. Four verts on Twitter. Great follow. Uh, he uh, did, came, came out of the mock draft today. His own mm-hmm. mock draft. I mean, anybody can do a mock draft, but he works for, I think, USA Today. And he gets, he gets published. And, you know, he knows football. And he had the Jets taking Kyle Hamilton at 10. Really? Yeah. So I wanna, who, do I wanna, have, who do you have them taking at four? Oh, wait, you know what? You know what? No, I don't think that's right. Hold on. I think it was at four. He had him taking Karloftis. And I'm like almost positive that. Yeah. He said. Tippett one. Hutchinson two, Stingley three. Yeah, he had Karlaftis going four to the Jets, and he had Hamilton at ten. Wow. Oh wait, no, he had Hamilton at eight. Who do we have us taking at ten? Oh, <laughs> Charles Cross, tackle from Mississippi State. All right, but even at eight, that's like he's fallen there. You know. Yeah. If you want to, you could trade up, snag him from the Falcons. It's got to be the position. It's got to be the position, right? That pe- yeah, people will be wary of. It's just not a premium position, but right. I, I think that I think that it, it's what they need edge. They need they, they need safety, not because of how important the position is or and it really isn't in the grand scheme of things, the most important position on the defense. Uh, like it's behind, you know, defensive end and and cornerback and whatnot. But the Jets don't have safeties right now. They just right. don't. Marcus May's not coming back, folks. Action Davis and Elijah Riley stink. Well, there's just they're not starters. Yeah, like. they're they are they are backups. Um I I think that if you're Robert Sala, you're going into this offseason, you what what what's today? Today's Wednesday. On Monday, 
you he he had to have gone into Joe Douglas's office and been like, bro. <laughs> We need we need some help. We need some help on defense, man. So about so about that defense. Yeah, <laughs> we need some help. So... Um, and I think that that's a perfect transition for what I want to talk about next. Um, because all right, so you think linebackers and edge are the most important? I think safety is the most important thing that they need. At the end of the day, there's not much more to talk about with this Jets defense. They were just bad. They let the, the most points. In the, they let the most points in the NFL this year. They were bottom three in point differential. Um, it was a horrible unit that got gashed in the run game and gashed by tight ends. And you know they did a solid job in, in the like the, the unit that we were the most worried about coming into the season was the secondary, like the right. defensive backs, and they were the best unit on defense. So I'm saying. Like Bryce, Hall, like Bryce Hall, and then Eccles and Michael Carter, stupid fucking idiot that said the thing about Brandon Eccles. Bryce Hall, Brandon Eccles, MC two. Uh, they played great. They're all super they're, young. They're they're all super young. That their their potential is, you know, I think we know that we have something in Bryce Hall. I'm fairly confident at you know right in right now as him being like a CB two. Whether or not he can yeah. grow into a CB one, I don't know. We'll but, see. He needs to improve his ball skills. Right. So I think, but I mean, he does enough and I think the secondary definitely needs to be improved, but yeah, like you were saying, they were definitely not the biggest issue on, you know, the defense this season. Correct. So where does that lead us? The senior senior bowl. Mm -hmm. So I've been to the senior bowl. It's an awesome event. Um, I was lucky enough to go a couple of years ago. Justin Herbert was there. It was very cool seeing him in person. He is the largest human being I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Not even kidding. Like not no hyperbole. The largest like he was bigger than every lineman there. Damn. Seriously. Like he is just a gigantic human being. It's kind of like when I saw because I, I remember I think I've said it on here before, but I live like right around the corner from Daniel Jones when I saw him at the supermarket. It was just like one of those things. It's just like, oh wow, yeah, that's right. He's a professional athlete. He's a lot bigger in person than I thought. <laughs> and like, I kind of anticipated him being. But <laughs> so Justin Herbert is six six. Damn, really? He's six six. Holy shit! Yeah, he's humongous. Wow. Um, Justin Herbert, six six, two thirty six. Wow. He is. I, I mean, like there are there. I've seen basketball players that are bigger than him but they don't like have the presence that a quarterback does. Right. You know, like just Herbert was just thick. It's <laughs> just a, fucking just a thick boy, <laughs> huge motherfucker. He's just gigantic. <laughs> so what, why is this significant? What does this have to do with the defense and everything along those lines? The senior bowl is just an awesome event that if you're getting to coach in the senior bowl, you're probably the worst team in the league. Fortunately for the fortunately for the Jets, they weren't the worst team in the league this year. Um, they have the fourth pick, but there are teams that were behind them that are probably worse, like the Giants. Um, the Gi- okay, uh, we have to say it. The Giants, they're a mess. They're a mess. They're so, and, I, 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 and, and I really do think that the Jets, I mean, line them up, I think the Jets would beat them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and for, I, for I can, sure. I can honestly confidently say that. Like, yeah. They're a mess. Yeah, although good for them getting rid of Joe Judge. Did not think yes. that was going to happen. They got rid of Judge. They got rid of Gettleman. They're they're they're, they're on the exactly, right track. They're, they're on doing the right exactly track. what they needed to do. So yes. good for them. Yes. Now, as Jets fans, do we have any room to talk? No. no. But but like, and and I'm not and I'm not one of those Jets fans that wants the Giants to be bad. I think the NFL is better when the Giants are bad. But 
yeah, the Giants are most definitely a mess, and the Jets were better last season, even if the win, even if the the strength of schedule says otherwise or whatever. I don't know. So, Senior Bowl is really important. I think that it's a big, big opportunity for this franchise uh, to get an up close look at like every team has scouts there. Every team yeah. sends coaches. Like that's when like you get the video of like Belichick in the stands with his binoculars and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Where, that's where Gettleman <laughs> fell in love with Daniel Jones. <laughs> it's where the Jets found Mark Gastineau. Yep. Right? It's where, I don't know if you're getting to it, but it's where a certain man named Robert Sala and the 49ers found a little wide receiver named Debo Samuel. That is exactly, so, that is not, that wasn't where I was going because I was finished with that, that transition, but that also <laughs> happened. That also happened. <laughs> so, I think this is a humongous opportunity for this team. The Jets have so many premium draft picks this year. Um, like I think they have four in the top 40. Yeah. Um, so that right there alone, four top 40 draft picks. Joe Douglas, I mean, this is this this is this is it for you. Like we said, like about 10 minutes ago, this is the biggest moment of your life this offseason, where you can either fuck up. And stay the way they are, which is just bad and mediocre. Or you can actually turn this franchise around this offseason um, and put Zach Wilson in a position to, you know, do that for you, which is which is which which is which is what he needs to keep his job. Right. right? So getting to go to the senior bowl, uh, you get to see some of the best players in the country. And the Jets are getting to coach this team because of um, I guess because the teams below them all have don't have head coaches that well Jacksonville doesn't have one uh Houston doesn't have one Detroit does that's the other team is coached by so so you get this up close look at all these players you're in charge of the coaching staff and honestly it's kind of nice this year they're changing it up where Salah isn't the going to be the head coach it's going to be delegated to his assistants and they get to run everything which is honestly what you want you want to see how they handle these situations. So I think this is a big opportunity for the Jets um, and gives them an advantage over the rest of the league outside the Lions and being able to scout these these prospects. And maybe they're able to find another Gastineau or a Debo Samuel. You know, maybe they're able to find, well, they're not going for quarterbacks. It wouldn't be the next Herbert. But you know what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a big opportunity for them. I think that it was worth mentioning that they're getting to be the, the coach, the coaches of this game. I, I can't, I mean, what I'm looking at right here, it says the Jets haven't coached the senior bowl since 1979. So That's pretty astounding. Yeah. Considering. I don't know how that goes. I don't know. Yeah. Like you were saying, I don't know. It can't. I mean, maybe. Oh, uh, you know what? It can't the just Jets, be. The Jets from, didn't, um, the Jets didn't last year because they switched coaches. Fired, right? Yeah. But I, I don't know if, is that the only reason like the worst teams always coaching because i gotta think the jets were the worst team prior to this in the league that what they would have coached well the years that they've been horrible they fired the coach the the next like like richie kotite they fired him gaze and like since that like before before that like they never were like the worst team they've muddled in mediocrity or the occasional year that they've been good (laughs) yeah yeah like the jets have been really mediocre for most of my life but like they haven't been like bad most of my life. Does that make sense? 
They were. It, it could yeah. be. Wait, we could be in. We could be fans of much worse franchises. Agreed. And I think for at least the majority, you know, we would say we've been fans like all our lives. But at least when you get to the age where you're actively paying attention, you know who the players are. You know, you're following along. They've been, and I would say, you know, I'm 31 now. I would say probably like. Damn, you're old. Fuck you, man. Damn. <laughs> I, turned, Damn. I, turned, I turned 32 in like three weeks. Um, but yeah, I know. I know. But, Damn. <laughs> Sorry. You're the Kevin Hart thing. <laughs> so I would say probably yeah, like 20 years, maybe a little less, you know, that, that time that I've been like a serious active follower of this team. It's probably split. You know, because the 2000s, they had their good stretches. There was the end of the Rex. There was, like, the Rex era where they were, like... Herm and Rex. They had two years where they were really good, and then, like, they were kind of, like, okay the next year. They didn't make the playoffs and kind of continued from there. Then there was the Bulls year. It's it's been kind of like a hodgepodge. It's only really been, like... The last five years. 2015 to now that it's been real bad to be a Jet fan. Like, you know, so... But... Yeah, I, I think that it could be like, would you rather be, would you rather be a Falcons fan or a Jets fan? I would rather. At least the Falcons hit the Super Bowl a couple of years yeah. ago. They oh, blew it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they that, lost, that's why the twenty-eight to three. Yeah, like a, it, having to deal with the twenty-eight to three thing. Yeah, it kind of like, wipes I, away like the fact that you made the Super Bowl at all. <laughs> like, cool, we made two AFC championships. It doesn't matter unless you win. Right. Like, right. Um, like, would you rather be? A Texans fan or a Jets fan? Jets. Same thing with the Jaguars. Lions. You know. Yeah. Actually, fun fact: I was a Lions fan when I was very, I was, I was a kid because Barry Sanders was and still is my favorite football player of all time. Oh yeah, I mean, how can you not be? So I mean, best. like, so I, I always say, like, the day he decided to retire was one of the best days of my life because it meant that I was no longer a Detroit Lions fan and I could finally go all in <laughs> on the Jets. Because if he continued much longer to like my formative years. I don't know where I'd be. <laughs> you'd be a self-loathing a Lions fan. <laughs> yeah, you'd be a self-loathing Lions fan who, <laughs> who despises Matt Stafford. Exactly. And we would have never met, man. We would have never been never we met. co-hosts. Yeah, no, I would have never joined Gotham. Gotham doesn't need a Detroit Lions guy. <laughs> that's that's right. We we need we need a lot. We need we need to just our teams to be good. That's what we hmm. need. Um. So yeah, I think that. I think that this is a nice opportunity for the Jets. I'm excited that they uh, I'm excited to watch the senior bowl coverage this year and get to see when is it? Uh, it's this upcoming week, I believe. It's February. Oh, sorry. No, it is uh, three weeks away. It's in th- it's February 5th. So like three or four weeks away next month. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's gonna be that's gonna be fun. It's right after the Super Bowl, right? Or no, I think it's week before the Super Bowl week before the Super Bowl is the 13th this year or something yeah, like that. They, there's the extra week now. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's going to be a fun event, um, and the Jets, if you're a Jets fan, you should definitely be tuning in to NFL Network and watching a lot of the Senior Bowl stuff, because a lot of these, like, four of those guys are going to be Jets, probably, and the the Jets are going to be coaching these guys, so right. it's just going to be, it's going to be like our scout team, essentially. You get to watch mm-hmm. our, you get to watch, the, you get to watch more Jets football, essentially, because it's Jets coaching, which would be great. Um, other than that, um, I think that, I mean, we, we've kind of covered everything that I wanted to, um, is there anybody in particular, is there any specific move 
any specific free agent or specific player you want to draft that we haven't talked about that you would want to bring up? Not really, but I will say that it is very encouraging in the press conference yesterday or two days ago, whenever Joe Douglas and Solid did it, that I forget who asked him the question, but saying that you have so many draft picks, are you considering the option of trading some for a marquee player? And Joe Douglas, like, you know, who's been like a guy who's never really felt like he entertained that option, that he was always preferring to build through the draft. Um, I don't know, maybe this year was just kind of like a, a, a realization for him that that's not, that that's the preferred way of doing things. But when you have a team that's super young, it's just going to, you know, not look great. Uh, but it was encouraging to hear him, hear him say that, yeah, he'd think about it. You know, you have a lot of picks, uh, maybe him and Salo just spot someone that's on the trading block that maybe that helps solve one of the problems that they need, you know, um, so, yeah, I think that that, that might, might end up being where they find someone, you know, because who knows if that free agents actually want to come here despite despite the Jets having a ton of money, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think that for the first time in a while, the Jets have a coach that players are going to want to actually come and play for. Right. Like, if you remember when, when Rex Ryan got here, Bart Scott came and Jim Leonard and uh, who was the uh, Chris Jenkins and all Willie these Cologne. Willie Cologne and all these guys came Alan Fanica um, all these guys came because they wanted to play for Rex Ryan they're like right. this guy is, like Alan Fanica is like this guy's been kicking kicking our ass in Pittsburgh for years I guess I'll go play for this guy now yeah, Bart you know, Scott had been coached same with, by him for years and he's yeah. just like I'll die for this guy like, same with Jim Leonard right so like yeah. I don't know if there's a bunch of 49ers that are going to come over and play <laughs> the Jets. But, they're just going to flee San Francisco. But, <laughs> but I think that I think that this team is just it's all, it has a ton of flexibility this offseason to do so many different things. And it just feels good knowing that there are competent people in charge of making those decisions. Um, like, I know a lot of people that aren't Jets fans that make fun of me when I like, you know, praise Joe Douglas and yeah, same. pray, pray to his shrine. <laughs> um, like I have a buddy who's an Eagles fan and he just like laughs every time that I bring up Joe Douglas and, you know, cause he thinks that it, it was all Howie that did everything. Right. Of course. Um, but I think that Joe has shown significantly more in his two years than any GM that we've had, like since maybe Tannenbaum, since definitely he, I think since Tannenbaum. Yeah, you because know, Tannenbaum picked a couple, picked a, a couple, a handful of Hall of Famers. Just uh, a little bit. But uh, I think that you know Joe has an opportunity right now to really turn this franchise around, and I mean. Right now, they've projected $50 million in cap, and I think they're going to have even more when they make some cuts. And uh, this is one of this is probably the youngest team in the league. I think it is, yeah, average for sure. Age, average age of starters is 26.1 years old. Um, I think that this is this is his time to shine, Joe's time to shine. Yeah. So we're going to see. We're going to get a, it's gonna be an interesting offseason. Officially starts right after the Super Bowl, so we have some time. 
Um, but I haven't looked for, I haven't been looking forward to an off season like this in probably a decade since Rex Ryan got, came, came aboard and was, the big moment was, was, was with all his bluster saying he was all like, his bluster kick, kiss <laughs> Belichick's rings and whatnot. <laughs> any, uh, any final thoughts before we head out? Let's, uh, I mean, this will be the, the last pod for a little bit. Yes. Free agency's really. around the corner. Um, you know, that's free agency's like early March, mid March, something like that. Um, for, it's kind of nice. Like it, it, it's, it's it, I enjoyed, I love doing these pods, but yeah. also like, like Giants fans have like read like like Ethan has a reason to record like eighteen more episodes <laughs> yeah. in the next three weeks right, because exactly. so much shit's gonna be happening. But like the Jets, head coach. the Jets, it's all it's all quiet on the Western Front right now. Right, it's it's you know what it is for Giants fans. It's literally that Darren Ravel tweet. I feel terrible for the state of the franchise, but this is tremendous content. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's literally that for them. But we're okay. Like we're yeah. we're, we're a little stable. We're good for a little while. We're, yeah, we're <laughs> kind of just chilling right now. Um, cause there's nothing we can do right now. Like the jets have the, the fourth and the 10th picks and that's it. Like what else, what else are we supposed to do? Yep. So right. till then till not, not till the draft, but you know, when free agency opens, cause yeah. you know, the jets aren't in the playoffs. You guys aren't looking for episodes. There's nothing going on with the jets. We'll have an episode during the senior bowl. Um, and so we'll have a draft, we'll have a draft expert on, I, I'll bring, reach out to one of my old contacts who's going to be at the senior bowl and see if we can uh, get some inside info and Our inside uh, sources. Yes. <laughs> and then, uh, and then obviously free agent, free agency will begin and we'll have a bunch of different people on to talk about, uh, jets free agency and what we want to see happen and break to, we'll bring people on to break down what does happen. Right. And then, uh, and then the draft. And we'll have tons of draft coverage for you guys. Damn so, man. for now, till next time, we'll we'll see you guys soon. But until then, uh, go Jets! And I'm looking forward to the Senior Bowl, man. I can't believe I I'm saying the same. You know, I I I can't believe I'm going to be like watching something on like NFL Network that has like nothing to directly do with the Jets because I since last season when I watched Zach Wilson's pro day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on NFL Network, and uh, started really getting excited, you know. Yeah, I thought that I knew that this was gonna be the guy. Um, yeah, and we're gonna, no, we're gonna see Kenny Pickett and be like, "Shit, I want him." Shit, I want Kenny Pickett. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> All right, folks, uh, that's it for us. If you want to uh, find any of our stuff, you can do so. Find us on Twitter. I'm at Jesse Vinever. Connor, where can they find you? At the NJ Mick. And, and one last time, why? <laughs> Because I'm Irish and from New Jersey, Jesse. Yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> we're retiring that, by the way. That's that's not happening anymore. Um, if you want to find any other Gotham Sports Network content, you can go to GothamSN.com. Our friend Brett just wrote a great article on the state of the Giants now that they fired Joe Judge. You can go do that. Brett Herskowitz's piece on the Giants. Uh, if you want to find Gotham Sports Network on Twitter, you can do so at GothamSN. Uh, <clears throat> if you want to find any Gotham Sports Network related content on your podcasting app, you can do so if you have the following apps, which are Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes or Apple, I guess. Apple, whatever. Whatever, Apple Podcast, I guess. Whatever, yeah, whatever. The, the purple yeah. app that you have. The purple one. <laughs> yeah, the purple one. Uh, and that's it. That's the last episode of the 2021 2022 season for our off season episodes. 
folks, if you've been listening this season, thank you so much for doing so. Any uh, any last words, Con? Go Jets. Go Jets, baby. All right. Peace. <laughs>